Welcome everyone back to What They Aren't Telling You. It has been so long, too long, very long, <laughs> just all across the board. It's been a while. I apologize. I have seen all of the messages about, you know, Melissa, when's another episode coming? And I have really felt like making them. <laughs> I just haven't quite gotten around to doing it. And um, for those of you who have never done a podcast, there's a lot that goes into it because you've got to do the research ahead of time and set aside the time to actually record. Then you have to worry about uh you know, creating the edit and and putting it out on the platform and anything you need to do with that. It's just, it's time consuming. But then again, there's so much going on right now. And I'm like, I got to talk about this. What about this? So I have been posting, I've been keeping up with little posts here and there with some interesting things, but just haven't had the time to create the audio versions, more of an extended conversation on each of these. So I'd like to change that. I'd like to find ways to schedule this in so it's more regular for you guys. And as always, I'm super grateful for all of those who continue to support and give these little anchor donations that are like 5 or $10 a month. Some are, are more than that, and they're just trying to encourage this continued conversation. So I appreciate that. So let me get into one quick uh, update here that I'm going to be going live with my website soon, very soon, as in probably within the next two weeks. And uh, it's going to be awesome because there are going to be some really cool features and I will go over all of those when it does go live. That website, so you know, is melissafortruth.com, four as in the number four melissafortruth.com. And that's there because obviously there's a lot of censorship going on. Um, there are times where I can definitely tell a post is not being seen. And um, with everything going on, this just seems like the wrong time to allow voices to become silent. So having a website is kind of important because we want to be able to allow that freedom of speech to continue and uh, the back and forth to the dialogue to continue. So having said that, that's pretty exciting. Um, and I have uh, some great team members working with me on getting this done so that it can keep me accountable to have regular content for you guys again. So I'm just going to kind of assume it was a summer break or I guess 2021 break has not had a lot going on here for me. But um as far as me being able to create content for you guys, but I'm going to work really hard on, on trying to, you know, fit this into everything going on in my life. And um, anyway, so we're going to look at trying to look at weekly episodes, keeping them short, just like the way that you guys like them. As always, you can contact me on social media, and you'll be able to have a way to contact me on my website for suggestions for topics or people you'd like me to interview. So today, what am I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about uh, an article that was in USA Today that I was in. It was a fact check article that ended up um, being in USA Today as well as Yahoo News. And lo and behold, my name was in there. So it was kind of interesting. Um, somebody had shared it with me and I had no idea 
that I was in it, I was just like, oh, here's another article. But then as I started to read it, I was like, wait a second. So uh, I'm going to go over this article with you because I think it's really interesting. Um, I find it really funny, but uh, and hopefully you will too. And you'll see why why it is so crazy that there's this potential that people don't really see beyond all of this when it comes to the media. So I'm going to walk you through this article. The title of the article is Fact Check, COVID-19 Vaccines Provide Safer, More Consistent Immunity Than Infection. The claim, this is my part of it, the claim, immunity from infection is always stronger than immunity from vaccines. That was my claim. Okay. Now, this article is in USA Today, June 21st, 2021. So uh, (laughs) he says, but Melissa Floyd says that immunity may not last very long. And this is immunity from the vaccine. My quote, which was, uh, I believe, a tweet or Facebook or yeah, it was in a tweet. Here's my quote. Natural immunity always lasts longer than vax-induced immunity. Uh, For the few vax that last 10 to 15 years, natural antibodies would have lasted a lifetime or close to it. There has never been a pathogen where artificial immunity outperformed natural immunity. Okay, and I had that tweet, I think it was June 8th. And I think I know who's behind these fact checks, by the way, but I'm not going to I'm not going to mention anything, um, but I think I know who it is. Anyway, um, so my point in doing that particular tweet is that, you know, I'm, I'm really sick of hearing people saying, if you already had it, then you should still get the vaccine. I mean, it makes no sense. If you've already had it, you should still get the vaccine. Let's look at something else like measles. We'll use that as an example because that's a vaccine that tends to work very well for the most part, Uh, obviously not for everyone and it's not safe for everyone, but it does work very well because the measles virus is a one and done. You have it, you have immunity forever. And I'm talking about the wild infection. So you get infected, you have antibodies forever. Uh, I mean, I think there have just been probably a handful of cases where somebody ever got it again. And I'm talking about a handful out of, you know, hundreds of millions at this point, because this has been a routine childhood illness since, you know, before it was really officially documented in the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. So looking at um, the measles vaccine itself that has a higher success rate, that's correlating with the fact that there is a really high success rate with natural immunity. In other words, you have the measles, you have immunity for life, that's better than the vaccine that might give you 10 to 15 years because we know there really is no vaccine that's going to give people a lifetime of immunity. And the measles vaccine for being one that works really well is still only providing maybe 10 to 15 years before it's waning. And the waning immunity is what we saw in things like the Disneyland outbreak, where so many people, a huge portion of people were already vaccinated. Okay, so again, that's an example where natural immunity outperforms vaccine-induced immunity, even when that vaccine works really well. So that's like a best case scenario. Then let's look at something like the flu, you know, the flu vaccine, we see uh, reports of a waning immunity after 90 days. But typically, I guess if you're getting the flu, you're going to have uh, immunity that lasts longer than that, at least a year, 
probably more than that because of these mutations. Um, most people don't get the flu every year. Like they're not, which is, that's why, you know, getting the vaccine every year, it's always funny when somebody says, well, I get the vaccine every year and I haven't had the flu for 10 years. And I'm like, well, I know a ton of people who don't get the flu vaccine every year and haven't had the flu in 10 years. So it's like, you can't really use that as the way you don't get it. You know, your own cross immunity, which is kind of a big topic and definitely one I want to go into in another episode, this cross immunity plays a role. So if you actually have the flu a certain year, you're probably not going to be getting it every single year. And if you do, you should look into a healthcare practitioner because there's absolutely no reason for your body to go through that level of sickness and um, detoxification of, you know, inflammation in the body that's, you know, showing up as these symptoms. There's really no reason you should be doing this, especially not something strong like that every single year. You don't want your body to do that. By the time you're an adult, you don't need to exercise your immune system quite as much. That's kind of the whole point of your childhood. Being sickly all the time is not a sign of a good immune system or a working immune system. Ideally, you're not getting sick at all. But if you do, you're, there's a lot of years in between times that you get sick, especially with something more strong like the flu. So when we look at different vaccines um, and we're comparing how long they last and protect you, there really aren't circumstances where if you have natural immunity that it's going to somehow last you know, a shorter amount of time based on all of the research that I've done. So this is why I did this particular post talking about, listen, if you've had the virus, and again, I know there's a big discussion on whether or not this is a virus, you know, if it's even been isolated, and, and I'll kind of save that for, you know, that's another topic altogether. But let's just kind of keep it mainstream on the sense in that if this is a virus, and you've had it, and you've built up antibodies, then why would you get a vaccine? In fact, there's been so much discussion about how the vaccine actually neutralizes your prior wild infection antibodies, which is not a good thing. That's the whole, that's the only benefit of going through an illness is having the antibody protection that can either keep you from getting that same illness again or something similar to it, or it can at least lessen what you experience in the future. That's the whole point, right? If you're going to be infected, you might as well come out with something. So why would you take a vaccine that would neutralize that protection that you already had? And knowing what we know about vaccine-induced immunity compared to natural immunity, why would you go for, why would you bank on something that's going to give you lesser protection than something that has stronger or more durable or more long-lasting protection, especially if you've already had it? That does, this concept just makes absolutely no sense to me. And it's, it's part of the reason why I'm so infuriated that natural immunity is not part of the discussion at all as it relates to COVID. And this, like, nobody's really talking about natural immunity except for people in the holistic communities, people who, uh, you know, are big supporters of how our immune system needs to function. We need to have exposure to different pathogens to keep ourselves protected from the more opportunistic infections that come along and things like chronic illness and disease that can really be life-threatening. And um, so we've got this huge portion of, you know, the population that has had some level of exposure and they're just not part of the discussion at all. There's no natural, and, and now you're seeing why. Because you've got the media attacking natural immunity like it is the lesser 
of the two choices you're going to want to make. And that just doesn't make sense. Why would natural immunity ever be the thing you are not shooting for? Not to say you want to go purposely get yourself sick. I'm just saying that if you've already experienced infection, natural immunity is your best bet. This is how the body works. You cannot argue that a medical intervention designed to simulate your actual immune system is going to somehow work better than the immune system it's modeled after. I mean, think about that. When has man-made intervention ever outdone, outperformed what our body is able to do? When has that happened? Yes, there have been these amazing medical breakthroughs and ways that they can recreate what has deteriorated. So like you have hip problems and you get a replacement hip or you lose a limb and you have a replacement limb. Yeah, there are amazing medical breakthroughs. But are those outperforming the thing that was there originally? No, they're recreating and modeling based on what was already there, but they're not improving upon it in a way that wasn't already by design. You know, we have to stop and really understand how complicated the body is and how everything that is there is by design. It's all part of this grand operation that I don't really think that a lot of medical professionals truly understand. There's so much there. Scientists, researchers don't even know. And yet they're trying to tell people right now that the way our body works is subpar, but what they've created is better. So forget the way we've always done it for, you know, thousands and thousands of years. Forget how the body was created and designed to respond to these things. Let's go with option B, which is extremely new. And in this case, only months old, And let's take a bet on this and not just say it like, maybe it's better, but let's go through the media here. Let's create a PR campaign that basically criticizes the natural process and bolsters up the unknown as if it is the safest place for you to put your investment doesn't really make a lot of sense. And so I'm really fascinated with this whole topic. Natural immunity is not being even discussed or given any credit to. And then likewise, this let's go on, let's go on and attack natural immunity. And like, let's, let's pretend the vaccine's immunity is somehow better, even though we don't know, because it's been a matter of a couple of months. So This is why I made this original tweet and this discussion, because it's important to really like get back to the basics of biology, immunology, virology. Basic science is how does the body respond to pathogens? Somehow, guys, in the last 18 months, the world forgot or a lot of the world forgot. They almost forgot that we were in contact with this stuff on a daily basis before. Now, all of a sudden, Nobody wants to entertain the idea that germs exist. We must get rid of all of them and nobody's allowed to die of anything ever. It's like we've literally lost the 
perspective that we had on what exactly uh, this all is and how does this work and how do our bodies work within this and this whole complicated ecosystem that we've created and this gut biome and all the things that we've, you know, we're interacting with on a regular basis as it relates to pathogens, illness, infection, health, immune support, etc. It's like everybody's forgotten uh, the, the main point here, which is the natural immune system cannot be improved upon. Now, if you're not in good health, then your immune system's not operating where it's supposed to be. Do some people have weak immune systems? Yeah, because they're, whatever for whatever reasons, they were not born in a circumstance where their immune system is operating like it's supposed to. But for the majority, the vast majority of people, because keep in mind, I hear a lot of people talking about immunocompromised. Keep in mind that percentage is very small. The amount of people that are immunocompromised is actually very small. And in fact, I talked about it on another episode, I forget which one, where I have the numbers on that. Uh, It's a teeny tiny portion of the population, way under 1%. And what we're seeing instead is a bunch of people with chronic underlying conditions being labeled as immunocompromised because they are weak and more susceptible to disease and illness. But no, that's not immunocompromised. That is chronic disease based on the majority of the time based on lifestyle choices. So keep in mind when you're hearing things about immunocompromised, this is the teeniest, teeniest portion of people that are born with some type of genetic issue that causes their immune system to completely malfunction. The average person that has an immune system, the immune system is designed to work if it is supported, meaning you're not overloading your body now because of poor diet and lifestyle and choices that you're making that make the body you know, weaker and constantly under attack. Well, then no, your immune system... It's not operating like it's supposed to. Does that mean your immune system is not somehow better than this artificially induced? No, it just means that you need to get your body back into a better position to be able to do what it's supposed to do. And then that will be superior to anything that comes in as a false or artificially created copy of what you already know how to do. But this all comes down to the the true bottom line of this pandemic, and especially in America, Americans are unhealthy. Okay, notice I did not say this is not just about weight. Because you can be thin, you can appear thin, and be very unhealthy on the inside. Some people have crazy metabolisms, no matter what they eat, they stay thin, or some people don't really eat a lot, even though they eat crap. And they stay thin. That is not the only indicator on your true health. And there are some of us, and I'll put myself in that group, that are a little more curvy and are actually very healthy, though. And in my case, having a thyroid condition that I don't really spend time treating like I should makes it a little bit harder for me. But, you know, I eat very clean for the most part and uh, I do treat my body really well. 
So looking at somebody is not the only indicator. Now, granted, if you are morbidly obese, then um, there's really no way you can try to claim that that is healthy. And despite this new advertising campaign for the woke culture of trying to say this is healthy, it's like, no, it's not. Of course it's not healthy. Your body cannot hold an additional 200 pounds and be operating at its best condition. Okay, just let's just be honest with what that is. Uh, does that mean you're a good or bad person or blah, blah, blah? No, it's not. But let's just like get down to the facts, right? So what's happened in the last 18 months? Have we really been focusing on health? Well, if you've listened to my other episodes, the answer is no. No, we haven't. Should we have been? Yes, duh. That's what the whole 18 last months should have been focused on uh, completely. Let's make people less susceptible to illness. Here's a thought. Why don't we focus on educating people to become healthier so they are less likely to become a statistic. You think that would have been the obvious solution to the panic that we, you know, found ourselves in back at this, you know, spring, early spring of 2020, but that's not what happened. That's not what happened at all. In fact, from what I can tell, the population of America, for example, is actually worse off as it relates to health than they were before March 2020. What does that mean? Now we've got people that are more overweight because they have become less active and stayed inside more often. We have people that are more overweight and have health conditions due to stress that this whole thing has caused. I mean, geez, even if you're educated and healthy, the level of stress this has put on everybody is going to show up in your body in one way or another. And the, the typical first way it's going to show up is going to be your immune system. And the other big factor is because we've been staying out of our normal engagement and interaction with other people, we have lost the ability to have that exchange of pathogens that we need to actually keep our immune system healthier and, again, to protect us against the more opportunistic infections that can actually take us out. You don't want to be, you know, holed up in your house for a year and a half. This is especially true for children. You do not want to be away from everybody. And then expect to come back into the world and think that you're going to be fine. Your body is working at a huge disadvantage if that's the case. So people that really are immunocompromised, people that are elderly and have conditions, like this is almost a death sentence for those people. Because what happens if they do get the flu? Now, of course, we know the flu has disappeared doesn't exist anymore, but let's just say the flu still existed like it did for all these other years, um, then they would be more likely to have a serious, you know, uh, infection and possibly a very bad outcome when their body could have fought that off more easily before. So here we are after all of these things, and they now want to go after uh, natural immunity as if it's not a good thing. And if it's not going to give you protection, listen to the quotes in this. Uh, I, I mean, I was laughing when I was reading this just because it sounds so absurd and it's so contradictory. And that pretty much sums up, I guess, what this whole last year and a half um, really has done. So like I said, my tweet was about how natural immunity lasts longer than vaccine-induced immunity. And uh, I said, for the, la for the few vaccines that lasted 10 to 15 years, natural antibodies would have lasted a lifetime. So that's like the measles vaccine. There's never been a pathogen where the artificially induced immunity outperformed natural immunity. Okay. So the whole purpose of this article is to break down why I'm wrong. Okay. So um, 
Interestingly, you're going to actually hear so many times that it reinforces what I said. So one of the things it starts with is scientists don't yet know whether natural immunity or vaccine immunity lasts longer, given the limited time COVID-19 has existed. Well, so then why would you assume natural immunity is not if that has been the precursor for every other pathogen? Why are you going to assume somehow this time it's going to be different? And then you're going to acknowledge, well, we don't really know because it's literally just been a couple of months. Okay, so so technically you can't really fact check me then because you don't really know. So that's the first thing. And then he says, while natural immunity tends to provide stronger protection against pathogens than vaccination, Floyd is wrong to say it always does. And then he says, and getting vaccinated is far safer than getting sick. I know so many of you just heard that and you're literally talking out loud to your phone or you're in your car. You're saying this out loud like, what? That's ridiculous. Getting vaccinated is far safer than getting sick. Let me tell you something. If you don't even know how long the vaccine-induced immunity lasts because it hasn't been long enough, how could you possibly know it's safe? How could you? Because the same mechanism that you use to determine whether or not the immunity lasts is what you use to determine whether or not it's safe. And that mechanism is called time. Time that has not been spent here because it hasn't existed. How can you say getting vaccinated is far safer, not just safer, far safer than getting sick? Really? Well, what about the 98 to 99% of people that really weather this particular illness fine and don't have complications, are not hospitalized, don't have this new created long COVID, don't have all the things that people are warning others about? The majority of people, I mean, remember back at the beginning of the pandemic, everybody was talking about 99% of people will have this. It'll be so mild. You don't even realize you have it. Or many people, most people, you won't even realize you had it. Um... Now, all of a sudden, the 1% that struggles with this, now vaccinating everybody is going to be far safer than getting sick where you could be one of the 1%, meaning the 98 out of 100 times or 99 out of 100 times, you won't get super sick. But the one time out of 100, one person out of 100 may, but getting vaccinated for all 100 for everyone is somehow going to be far safer than getting sick. If you got sick and didn't really know you had it, or you got sick and it was like a cold or whatever, how is getting vaccinated safer than that? Because we don't actually know that getting vaccinated for this is safe at all. Do we? Do we really know that this is safe? I mean, As far as I can tell, there have been a whole slew of reports of different types of things going wrong for adults and for children. The problem is these things are not getting reported accurately for us to have an understanding of exactly how expansive this problem is. We've got a couple things working against us, including the CDC not labeling anybody as fully vaccinated until after 14 days after that second dose, they will not really even call you vaccinated at all until you're fully vaccinated. So that means 14 days after your second dose. So if you have the first dose and have 
a series of problems that happen, uh, any kind of injuries, any kind of hospitalization, you will not be registered or documented as a vaccinated person who experienced either a breakthrough infection or a person who experienced a side effect or an adverse event. They're not going to label it that way because they don't even consider you vaccinated. So then therefore your side effect isn't connected to the vaccine because you're not even vaccinated. This is the way that they get around being completely transparent. Now, despite all of that, we certainly have still seen lots of stories of people that have had negative responses. And there's been a lot of concern with reproductive issues, menstrual cycles, um, heart issues, and uh, a whole series of different things, right, which are to be expected. I mean, that's not to say this is, uh, you know, necessarily a more dangerous vaccine than others that have also been on the market and available to, you know, millions of people that caused problems. Same thing with other pharmaceutical drugs and things. Listen, nothing is going to be safe for everyone. Nothing is going to be harmless for everyone. And in some cases, it's harmful to more people than others. And that's typically true when you're trying something brand new, something experimental. I don't care what anybody says, but this has not been done before. So the uh, previous trials and things that they've done with mRNA technology in humans have not been in a vaccine form, and they have not been universally applied to so many people with a whole variety of conditions. Keep in mind, like I mentioned at the beginning, we are not a healthy population. So you put something like this into the body of you know, a variety of people with different conditions, different medications they're on, different stress levels, different immune system strengths based on their lifestyle and, and years that they've built and worn their body down, you're not going to have, you know, the best case scenario, which is what the, the research simulation tries to create. The best case scenario, this is going to help people with this level of efficacy, and it's going to be safe for this level of people. But that's not real life. That's not real life. And in fact, vaccinating adults is probably more subject to that variance as a result, because you've got children usually don't have all these chronic issues, obviously. And so they're a little bit more of a clean slate to vaccinate on than an adult. Now, they give so many more to kids, though, and because kids aren't fully developed and their immune systems aren't developed fully and they're uh, you know, their guts aren't completely developed and um, that, that gut brain connection is not you know, there's not protection there, then then you see a whole different series of reactions with them and problems and dangers with them. But when you have a weakened body, you're operating from that place, and then you're going to add something on top of it, uh, you're more likely to see things go wrong. But the problem is they're just not being honest about this. And, um, and, you know, obviously, I think that that's a huge issue. So anyway, so Again, first thing he says, while natural immunity tends to provide stronger protection against pathogens than vaccination. Yeah, so, so therefore, you literally just reinforced what I said. Okay, cool. And that's not the only time they say it, by the way. Uh, another funny thing I, I find that they said is they said, Floyd did not respond to USA Today's request for comment. Well, guess what, guys? What do you think? You think they reached out to me to try to get my comment? You think if they did, you think I would have turned it down? What a joke. Nobody reached out for me on any of my social media platforms to, uh, to have a comment on this article, and they weren't planning on it. 
Of course they wouldn't. They don't want my, they don't actually want my viewpoint here. But it is a little weird that they they can print, legally print something like this. Floyd did not respond to the request for comment. I never got the comment or the request for comment to even respond to because you guys know, without a shadow of a doubt, I would have 100% responded. So the next subtopic on this article, headline says, natural immunity tends to be stronger. Again, you're saying the same thing I just said, but you wrote an article about me needing to fact check it, but now you've just said twice already what I was trying to say. And it says, experts say that in general, natural immunity does tend to provide stronger protection than vaccines. Okay, now that's a third time in this article that they're saying what I said. Like, what's the point of this article? It makes absolutely no sense. Now, they try to go on and say, but it's not always the case because there are things like HPV and they say tetanus and uh, pneumococcal providing stronger immunity from the, the vaccine. And that's because they're adding so many different strains of things trying to say, oh, this is going to protect you better. But sorry, HPV is not the same thing as the flu or COVID or one of these contagious like airborne respiratory viruses. So we should really try to kind of keep ourselves uh, in, you know, an apples to apples comparison. And we've got dozens of other vaccines where what I'm saying is true. So to sit here and try to like play semantics is just kind of stupid. Another doctor that they quoted, natural immunity tends to be stronger. Yes. Okay. That's the fourth time, you guys, the fourth time that they just said the same thing that I said. And then he goes on to talk about how Unfortunately, they just don't know how long the vaccine immunity lasts because it's just it's just not had enough time to know. And I'm thinking, well, then what are you doing trying to convince people that the vaccine lasts longer if you're admitting you don't really know? And, and uh, this one um, assistant professor of laboratory medicine at Yale School of Medicine says, uh, keep in mind, this virus has only been around since late 2019, early 2020, and vaccines later in 2020. So no one can claim to know if immunity lasts for longer than that. Okay. So at this point, they're saying that, uh, that vaccines possibly can last about six months, okay? They said that the Pfizer vaccine in April 2020, they said it lasts for at least six months, okay? Um, and it says, but early research is promising on the durability of natural immunity too. Uh, back in February, okay? So that's before April, that there was a, a Science Magazine article that found that natural immunity can last at least eight months, Okay. Then there was a more recent article in May. To, uh, in, um, then there was a more recent article, May twenty fourth, in Nature, that said antibodies in patients last at least eleven months. But that was back in May, so now we've got extra months to add to that. Think about it. As far as I know, with basic math, guys, eight months and eleven months are already longer than six months. So what is the issue here that they keep trying to? break down the concept that natural immunity is strong and can last, okay? So the other element that I talked about with you guys before was this concept of T-cell immunity. Keep in mind that let's say you had an illness and you could have sworn this was COVID, but you got your antibodies tested and they were just too low to, to feel like maybe you had had it. There's, an, there's a possibility here that antibody levels can decrease, but T-cell immunity is still there and strong, which means you will not be infected again or potentially transmitting it. And that's kind of 
this other part of the discussion that the German scientists found back in mid-2020, that anywhere between 25 to 50 percent of people actually have this cross-reactive protection from prior infections, and they are actually protected. They don't need to have it to be protected. Uh, So that's kind of something that's important, too, because if we're just going off of antibodies, that's not even the full picture. But let's say we are. I've had people comment on my posts that have had um, antibodies for um, really this whole time from February to March of that time and still testing strong. So now we're looking at about 18 months. Okay, the Pfizer vaccine was talking about protection of six months. Guess what? Now we know that protection is more like three to four months for those it works for, which is why there's so much hoopla about needing to get the booster shot. And I'll go into some stuff on Israel in a separate uh, separate episode. He goes on to quote somebody in uh, the Wall Street Journal, um, a scientist that said, ample scientific evidence exists that natural immunity is effective and durable. The antibody levels for COVID cases are high or even higher than what is seen after vaccinated immunity. So this person in the Wall Street Journal is saying antibody levels from natural infection are high, as high, and even higher than what is seen after vaccinated immunity. Keep in mind when they're measuring antibody levels, they're measuring it right after the vaccine, which is not truly indicative of how long this will actually last or if it will in in fact protect you from reinfection, okay? But this also says exactly what I said. Natural immunity is better than the vaccinated immunity because of the antibody levels are higher. Tell me again why this guy wrote this. Like he's literally reinforcing everything I'm saying over and over again. Yes, it tends to be the case that natural immunity. Yes, uh, we've we've uh, observed these levels of antibodies that are actually higher than vaccinated populations. Like, yeah, that was the point of my tweet in the first place. But th- but then he comes back with this, and this is why I find this stuff so funny. However, the bottom line is that it's too early to say whether immunity from infection is stronger than immunity from vaccination. Is it really too early to say? Is it? You just said that. Antibody levels from natural infections been documented at least 11 months, and this was back in May. Okay, so now we've got another June, July, August, almost another four months. So we're looking at 14, 15 months. You just said that we've seen documentation at 11 months. You just said that they're measuring antibody levels that are higher in natural infection than vaccinated people. But you still felt like you needed to come back with a, however, it's too early to tell. Is it really? I don't know. Decades of research have already confirmed that natural immunity is stronger. Is it really too early to tell? I mean, this is the kind of like doublespeak, vague, you know, politician talk. You say one thing, but then you say something that totally contradicts that. And then at the end, nobody really knows what you're, what you're saying. And I swear they do this on purpose to confuse people. And they confuse people so that people are kind of like, don't know what to do. Oh my gosh. And you know, I guess it's really not that funny because truthfully, this is all very well crafted. And there are people in conference rooms designing these tactics. This is not just a a coincidence that this is working this way. So it is, it's not really funny. It's actually really scary and sad and, and all of that. But um, as I read this article, I was waiting for the guy to really go after my argument, like, tell me where this argument's wrong. And really all he's doing is, is reinforcing it. He said there was a paper in April that was cited by Fauci 
if that tells you anything, um, that showed, and this is interesting, this is April, guys, you tell me if you ever heard about this after this point, because I haven't heard jack squat. Pfizer or Moderna had antibody levels up to 10 times higher than those with natural infection. So somehow there was a paper that was not peer reviewed, by the way, Uh, it was awaiting peer review, April 20th, that said, looks like vaccine antibody levels are up to 10 times higher than natural infection. Did we ever really end up hearing about this? Did that become the, the trend? No, it's been the opposite. And that's probably because, like I said, They measured antibody levels post right after vaccine, and then they were measuring antibody levels of somebody months after they'd had their infection, and they saw them starting to decline. You guys, this is not apples to apples, so I'm not really sure what they're um, claiming that they've concluded here. Like, how, how is this really science? I mean, gosh, how many times has he mentioned here? Well, we don't really know because it hasn't been long enough. Well, then you shouldn't be putting out papers saying that you think you know, I guess. And then anyway, the next subheading here, which is just, you know, feels like nails on a chalkboard to me, is vaccines are the safer option. And then they throw things around like experts and public health officials say. What experts? Who are they? What's their background? which public health officials, you know, to make a general claim like that is making it sound like there's consensus. And there really isn't. If you've been paying attention to this last 18 months, the thing that you can definitely come out with is the fact that there is no consensus. There is science on both sides. There are medical uh, experts on both sides, health officials, public health officials, healthcare practitioners on both sides. So please don't try to make it seem like the whole medical community says this because that is a load of BS. Another quote, though, guys, from Children's Hospital of Philadelphia on their website, it is true that natural infection almost always causes better immunity than vaccines. Thank you. I know. And there really aren't even good examples for them to say the times that it doesn't. These are not even, we're not talking about respiratory contagious illnesses, which are the most important because those are the ones that people catch. Those are the ones that really spread to people that are are the danger here. He does say, if you've already had COVID-19 and you can prove that your body produced a measurable antibody response, experts, the vague general experts, still recommend getting at least one vaccine dose. Why would you do that? Why would you? And don't, if anybody's like, absolutely no, makes no sense. So the conclusion of this, our rating, Melissa Floyd is partly false because even though it's true that natural immunity tends to last longer than vaccine immunity, which was the reason I posted, that was my post. So he just said, well, that's true. It depends on the pathogen. Yeah, what, 99 out of 100 times it's true. So therefore, it's, I mean, it's pretty much true. And then he tries to conclude it by saying, evidence from experts and public health officials suggests that COVID-19 vaccines provide more consistent and safer protection than infection. That's not true. They can't say that it's true. They can't say it's safe. They can't say that safety is long-term. They can't say any of this because it has not been studied. All you can do is go based on your prior history with natural respiratory infections, antibody response, and what we have from the past to go off of. You cannot play this is a unicorn circumstance and let's just pretend it works really well. Let's just pretend it's super safe. Let's just pretend we have 10 years of data 
to, you know, substantiate these claims. And the, the funniest part of all of that is he's making claims that need to be fact-checked. But yet the whole purpose of this article is to fact-check me on a statement that he reconfirms like five different times between himself, between sources, and between actual direct quotes. Oh my gosh. I, I find it really funny. Uh, anyway, check it out, USA Today. Um, and laugh along with me, I guess, because there's really nothing you're going to learn from that because um, he doesn't really bring anything to the table that was actually useful. So thank you for letting me go through that uh, article with you. Looking forward to what's coming up, and I won't leave you hanging for as long, I promise. So thanks for joining, you guys, and uh, hope you enjoy this episode of What They Aren't Telling You with Melissa Floyd. <laughs>